Consistency is a cornerstone of effective leadership, playing a pivotal role in building, maintaining, and restoring trust within an organization or community. Consistency means aligning one's words, actions, and decisions over time, creating a predictable and reliable pattern of behavior. This reliability is crucial for several reasons. First and foremost, consistency provides a sense of stability and predictability, making it easier for individuals to understand and anticipate their leader's intentions. In this next installment of the Trifecta of Trust series, we are covering the next pillar of trust, consistency. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is my co-host, renowned psychometrician, Joe Folkman. Hello, Bri. It's good to be here and back talking to you and talking about this next pillar. If you didn't tune in last week, uh, we encourage you to listen to episode one, focused on expertise. <clears throat> we also have an exciting sale going on from now until the end of the year on the Trifecta of Trust uh, Kindle edition. And we'll give those details in the episode notes. Where do we start today, Bree? Well, today I thought as we were talking about this pillar of trust consistency that we would talk about some of our experiences uh, with different companies. And what better thing to choose than air travel? Now, I'm a bargain shopper and I like to play the points games with different cards. And so I have experienced all of the different major airlines and some of the small ones. Um, there's one airline in particular that we had crazy delays. They actually called... <laughs> I've done a few flights with them, but like the day before we were going to go, they canceled the flight and, and didn't like move it back or change it. Like it was just gone and there was no options. <laughs> so it's like, how are we going to go on this trip? It was quite terrifying and very expensive thing to happen. So now I admit that when I'm tempted and I see emails from this airline about, oh, you can do a round trip for like $50, I stop and ask myself, is it worth the anxiety of the chance that I might not get there or I might not get home? So the inconsistency has changed the way I feel about them. And I mean, you get what you pay for, but at least I want to get where I paid to go, right? <laughs> That's true. I am more risk adverse when it comes to air travel. <laughs> it's true. Of course, with you, we can't all be diamond medallion, platinum, stars, or whatever they call it. <laughs> it's, it's true. I am a loyal Delta customer, <laughs> but after 6 million miles, what did you expect? I know. The consistency. They were there. I remember this summer you brought my oldest child up into the Sky Room since we were early for our flight, and she came down and she was like, Mom, what job do I need to have to get inside that room when I fly somewhere? Because it'll never be the same. So you ruined her for life. <laughs> just, just trying to help. Yeah. With consistency, we often say, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And we want to be the person that doesn't say no and can take on the additional work. But 
the inconsistency of not completing that project you casually said yes to can have a real negative impact that remains with others for a very long time. So how do we start taking consistency more seriously? Because we don't realize, like I said, how inconsistent we may sometimes be. Well, it happens to everyone when we talk about consistency. And now we want to share some of the research today about the behaviors that are statistically linked to commitment keepers that we can all emulate and improve our trust. Now, the first one is uh, managing our commitments. So I have a good example of this from a colleague that I used to work with. And I would go to him often and I would say, gee, could you help me on a project? And what was fascinating, he'd always say, I'd love to help, <laughs> which was, okay, that sounds great. I was like, okay, good. And then he'd say, so what's the project? And I'd explain it to him. Uh, you know, here's what I need. Here's what I need you to do. Da, 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 da. And, he, and so he would get a thorough understanding of the project I needed his help on. And then he'd come back to me and he'd say, okay, great. I want to help, but can you help me prioritize this? So here's all the other projects you've already <laughs> asked me to do. Where does this one fit? Is this like more important than all these other projects? Or is it, <laughs> I'd always say, it's not important. It's <laughs> all those other, you know. But that was an interesting approach that he had. No, I liked it. That's, that's helpful to people. Most of the time, people don't know the commitments. They don't know how busy you are. And it feels kind of funny showcasing all your work for people all the time. Mm -hmm. So here's some steps to follow. First, track your commitments. Write them down. It's the first step. Uh, is not just remembering them, but it's actually to be careful and write them down and, and understand your capacity. Second, create a detailed plan. Address the classic question, why, who, where, when, how, and how much will it cost? While you can't answer everything, a reasonable amount or a reasonable amount of detail will help you be successful. Number three, be creative and innovative. Approach your projects with creativity, and this brings new life to the work that you do, and it can motivate you and your team. Number four, personal responsibility. Remember, others will hold you accountable for your commitments, so it's crucial that you're personally responsible from the start. Those are great tips. So let's look. The next behavior linked to consistency is one that I would not have connected right off the bat, and it's insisting on high standards. It, it might seem counterintuitive at first, but high standards, after all, mean greater challenges. And so how can you be consistent if you're raising the bar for yourself? But here's the key. When we set high standards... We're not just aiming for occasional wins. We're committing ourselves. Lee Kuan Yew was prime minister of Singapore from 1959 to 1990. And he is credited with 
really transforming Singapore from this poor country that was kind of struggling to this prosperous first world nation. And you visited Singapore in the 90s, didn't you, Dad? Yes, I did. And it's just amazing. Uh, one of my favorite things every time I went was to count the number of cranes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very industrial. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, but but the cranes were putting up new buildings. I mean, it's just crazy. A growth. And, but what a great, I mean, people love, I mean, safe uh, and, and a wonderful place to visit, wonderful place to be and, and just clean. And and just don't bring your chewing gum. That was <laughs> yes. He was known for this really clean and efficient government, and he believed that corruption was a major obstacle to development. And so he really cracked down on it, and he insisted on these high standards of public service, and he made sure that the government officials were honest and efficient and accountable. And he also really was into education as well, that he knew that the, in Singapore, the people couldn't really succeed if they weren't well-educated. And so he invested a lot in education in the, and in the schools, and he promoted hard work and, and discipline and really made this profound difference in, in Singapore. And he's kind of widely recognized as the founding father of modern Singaporean state. And so... As we think about insisting on high standards, some people might go, oh, you're expecting too much and you don't want to push people too hard. And of course, you want to have empathy and compassion, all those things. But people really excel when you do expect more from them. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast of like, it really gives people a greater sense of purpose when they see what they can accomplish. So that's kind of the takeaway there. Keep your standards high, but achievable and encouraging a high performance and and adherence to the rules, it lifts other people up and and helps create more trust. The last behavior is to continuously improve. Now, my father essentially had the same job for his entire life. And I mean, there were a few changes because of modernization, but he generally did the same work. Today's workers, on the other hand, face continual and sometimes extremely fast changes. Technology evolves much more quickly than it did in my father's era. And even the nature of work itself is in flux. Mm -hmm. There is a great deal of data to suggest that while Generation X workers change jobs two times a decade, millennials are expected to change jobs four times in the same amount of time. In the 1980s, W. Edwards Deming helped organizations facing eroding product quality to initiate a process to continuously improve. He was the father of continuous improvement and the father of quality. Uh, he created a process called the PDCA cycle for plan, do, check, and act. So under plan, identify personal issues that need to change and create a plan. Do, test the plan by putting it into action. Try new behavior or action or activity. Check, review the results. Analyze what worked well and what didn't go well. Summarize what you've learned and act. Take action. With repeated action, execution typically improves. Identify when your actions are effective and when they are not. 
Determine whether you can exceed in quality or quantity what has been done in the past and then do it. So just to repeat, the three behaviors that we talked about that are linked to consistency are managing your commitments, setting high expectations, and then finally striving for continuous improvement. That's it. You know, Warren Buffett once said, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's, uh, you know, he built a solid reputation. This is your time or your wake-up call to evaluate your level of consistency and consider how you can do better. Yeah, and I think we all can. We don't have to be perfect, but we do need to be consistent. Be careful what you commit to. Yeah, and don't be consistent in always saying no either, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it could, it, that might help too. <laughs> if you consistently say no, will that not build trust? Or maybe they just know. They trust that you'll always say no. You know, at least you're consistent. <laughs> now, in closing... We also want to mention that we have created a little ebook that is solely focused on these three pillars of trust. It is short. It shares all of these great points that we brought up in our podcast today. So if you would like it, you can download it at the link in our episode notes. And be sure to tune in next week for the last and most important pillar of trust. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna O'Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you are interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.